Good morning, Crossroads. Welcome to CMC. What a gift it is to be back in this place. Notice no garage lines across the back. Isn't it good? Hey, uh, one thing we really want to encourage you to do, and, and I understand that this is challenging right now. We desperately want to be gathered back together. And I'm going to be honest with you. One of the things I miss the most is worshiping together, lifting our voices, praising our, our God together. And uh, we're, we're just not quite there yet. So here's what we have. We have an opportunity really to do church in our homes. And, and I mentioned this last week that, that we really want you to start meeting together. In fact, last week we met with another family and what a gift it was to sit together uh, in, in their home and to worship together. It, it's different. Obviously it's different than when we're gathered together as the full church, but it was good to to add some more people into it, and then to hear the message. Now, here was, here was the most uh, amazing thing, or, or the greatest gift, was right after uh, we shared a bit of a, a meal together, and we had a chance to talk and, and to dialogue what God was speaking, where his conviction was, uh, and what was happening for us. That's something that you don't always get the chance to do when you come together in the full church, right? You meet together, you exchange some pleasantries, and, and, and then uh, you you go home and you go your own way. So, so there's an opportunity here, church, an opportunity for us to gather together, to meet together. Take advantage of that. It's a gift. It really is a privilege. Second thing I just want to draw your attention to is we, we started to do some of the work that needs to be done here at CMC before we even are able to come and start gathering together again. Uh, and we're still making decisions whether that's going to be here uh, or at Raven's Cry. All those things are up in there. We're figuring it out. Um, but we still need people. We need you to come and volunteer. So let the office know if you have some time. Uh, we tackled some of the yard work and some of the things inside are already happening. Let us know so that we can press in together. Uh, I want to invite you to pray with me. And then as we're in the midst of the prayer, I'm going to read Psalm 23. Psalm 23 is where we're at in the summer series about being fearless. And as I read Psalm 23, what I want you to do is I want you to listen, carefully listen, not, not on your own, but listen with the Holy Spirit and let him guide you. And so what I want you to pay attention is to a word or a phrase that, that really resonates for you. And, and hold on to that, that phrase, because I'm going to invite you to share that with whoever you're, you're sitting with, and then carry that as we move throughout the message. And so, Father, we are your people. We are your church. And we're your church, whether, whether it's two or three of us in a home or whether it's, it's 102 or three in a church or 10,000 somewhere, Lord, wherever, wherever we're gathered together, we're your people. And so we thank you, God. We thank you for your love. We thank you that you are the one who unites us, who draws us together. And so, Father, as we read right now, as we listen to your scripture, we just ask that you would help it to come alive. We ask that you would help, help us. Help us to grow, help us to, to move, help us to take the next steps that you've called us to. 
So again, church, just listen, listen carefully. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So church, just invite you to pause. Take just a few moments right now in silence and and listen and consider that word. Consider the phrase, consider maybe it was a picture that stood out for you. Okay, so go ahead right now and just share that. Share that with the people who are around you. Share that, with, um, share that with your friends. If you're completely alone, please speak it into the chat. Speak whatever the word was, um, whether you're on the church online platform or in YouTube. Um, just share that word, the phrase, the idea, whatever it was. Okay, I'm going to give you about five more seconds, five more seconds, and then we're going to jump in here. This psalm, Psalm 23, is a psalm that's known. It's a psalm that uh, if you spend any time watching movies, there's a good chance you'll come across it. If you've ever been to a funeral or a memorial service, this is one of those solid go-to psalms. And I think what happens is often because it's a go-to psalm and because of the context that we hear it in, we don't always recognize how significant and how powerful this psalm is. See, this psalm is about comfort, but it's also about so much more. We lock onto the, these opening images of, of green pastures, of silent waters, of, of being made to lay down. And, and we picture this beautiful, scenic place. And then we come to the valley of the shadow of death and we move right through that as fast as we can. And we get to the end where we can dwell in the house of the Lord forever. But I I want you to know that this, this Psalm is about so much more. See, this is really, it's a warrior Psalm. It's that, that you have so many things, so many obstacles, you're going to face troubles in this world, But God has you. The good shepherd goes with you, goes before you, and follows you with goodness, even in the valley of the shadow of death. And because of that, we don't need to fear evil. We can stand up. We can rise up 
because our shepherd has us. We can fight the fight that we need to fight because God has us. See, fear is real in our world, isn't it? It's an issue broader in the world, but it's also an issue for us in the church. And Jesus is calling us to live his example, to press into places of difficulty, to press and bring the light of God, the hope that we have, and to do it fearlessly. And this is challenging. This is challenging for us right now in our world with the situations going on around us. One of the things that, that I do when I'm driving, sometimes I'll turn on the news radio just to get an update on what's happening. And most often you'll hear some kind of statistic related to COVID-19. You'll hear something about the survival rate, which fluctuates between 40% and 90%. And who knows where we're going to end up in the end of this. And there are so many pieces of information that are shared that have fear underlying them. Now, we face a struggle as followers of Jesus, don't we? Because we're called to work alongside in, in submission to those who are in authority over us. And at the same time, we know that God calls us and wants us to meet together. And so I know that so many of us are feeling conflicted right now. What happens is, is, is we can let that conflict drive us into a place of fear, which comes out as frustration or anger? Why don't we do it this way? Why didn't we do it this way? Why is the government doing this? Why aren't people doing this? And that's not the response that we're called to. We're called to live with the truth, the reality that we are, are held. We are held in the love of God. When we choose Jesus, we enter a newness. Our, our flesh is, we read in numerous Galatians, if he is put to death, we rise up new. These obstacles, though they're obstacles, we face and press into them without fear. We face and press into them with courage. The fact that there is a disease moving around, yeah, there's a chance that we might die. Guess what's one thing that you and I and the rest of the world have in common? We are going to die. What did Paul say? Paul said, for me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. That's the attitude that we need to have as the church. And we need to radiate that hope as we move in and through our world. Can we do that in submission with our, to our authorities? Absolutely, we can. How does it come out? It comes out in, in the way that we interact with one another. It comes out in, in the way that we express thoughts. It comes out in the way that we receive information or news, process it, and live with it. See, those words, to live is Christ and to die is gain, those are warrior cry words. Just like I believe this psalm, which is a psalm of David, are warrior cry words. 
And see, what David is saying is, you are going to go through hard times. I've gone through hard times. And in the midst of it all, God has got you. See, David fought lions and bears and giants. And he fought them both literally and figuratively. And that's exactly what you and I are called to. As I was preparing, I was reminded of an experience that I had a, a real life warrior moment. Uh, and, and similar, it helped me to connect with this psalm. So I want to share it with you and I want you to hold it as we're moving through and think of this is the mindset of what a shepherd does. What does a shepherd do? 50% of what a shepherd does is going to include uh, making sure your sheep are watered and fed and cared for and knowing where you're going on the path and the the other 50% is going to be about keeping your sheep safe from predators, keeping your sheep safe from evil. Now, those percentages are going to vary depending on what situation you're in, aren't they? If all of a sudden a predator is there, all of a sudden 99%, if not more, of your focus is on keeping your sheep safe. The opening words is that the Lord is my shepherd. Now, I have a little flock of my own. I have some sheep of my own. If any of you know, there's a number of kids. I've lost count. <laughs> Just kidding. There's eight. There's eight of them. And it was the summer of 2009, and I had taken the three boys on a series of camping trips. And this last final trip, I believe it was the last final trip, was going to be down to Camp Furwood in Bellingham, Washington. I used to work at Camp Furwood, and I loved to go there. And camp was over. I believe this was sometime in September. Camp was finished. And so I reached out to the director and said, hey, would it be okay for me to come down and bring my, a couple of my boys in camp at South Cove? South Cove is what it was called. And now it's this beautiful little cove that, that looks out across, just goes right across the whole lake. It almost, it almost looks like Hawaii. It's a sandy beach on there. And I had these great memories. I want to take my kid. The director said, oh, absolutely. Come on down. Nobody's going to be around. So the the place is yours. Enjoy it. And so I get my boys ready. We, we, get some, uh, we get some supplies. We've got the canoe on the, the roof rack, and we head down to Bellingham, and, and we pick up all the supplies that we need to get there, right? So we get to the lake, and we start to unload stuff. We unload on one side of the cove, put the canoe in the water, put all of the, all of the supplies that we need into the canoe, and we walk it across. And so remember, the cove is like this. We land here, and we walk across over over to this site and there's this little campsite nestled right at the edge and and right from there it goes up and it's a pretty steep grade and then it's forced and it just goes forced the main camp camp road is that way so if you've got this in your mind so the boys and I spend the day, first night we get set up, we have dinner, we go to sleep, we wake up the next morning and we spend the day doing just little adventure things. We take a canoe and paddle it across the island and, and we mess around on the island, run around, shoot each other with, uh, with the, uh, with not airsoft, but, but paint, the paintball guns. And it, it was crazy. I had one of the paintball guns where something wasn't right. My, my airsoft, the little paint pellets would go like this 
like this big arc. The boys had the, the laser ones that were just bam, bam, bam. They got me pretty good. It was a good time, though. So we, so we finished that. We, um, we, we come back, and, and I'm walking along the beach. And uh, now this is a little bit out of sequence. I forgot to mention that this is an important piece for you. In the morning when we woke up, I'm walking along the beach. This is what happens when you're going off. You, you're walking along the beach, and, I, and I'm, I'm going back to the truck to get something. I'm going this way, and I look down, and, and I see, and it looks, it, it's this big print and a series of prints in the sand. And I go, well, man, that's a big dog print. I, I look at the dog print, and, and I remember from different guiding days, different outdoor days, that a dog print and a cat print are actually fairly different. And I pause and I look back and I go, oh, that, uh, that, that's a fairly large cat print. Warning bell, be aware. Okay, so, so I've got that in my mind from this morning. We go do the, uh, the, the adventure on the island. And the whole time I've, I've got sensors out. I'm kind of watching. I'm keeping the boys close. We're doing our, our fun. We have to drive the gear back because we rented it into Bellingham. And we come back and it's getting late. And it's dinner time. So park the truck over there. Walk back, back, back to the campsite where we've got our tent and everything set up. And we eat dinner. It was a feast, uh, probably. Um, craft macaroni and cheese, something like that. Excellent dinner. So the boys are down playing by the water. The water's right there. And I'm kind of scrubbing dishes away. I've got the stove going, warming the water. And I've got my headlamp on now because it's starting to get, to get darker. And I'm, I'm going, I'm looking back between the lake and kind of around in my surroundings. The lake, the surroundings, the boys. Remember why? Because of the cat print. All of a sudden, I'm, I'm walking. It's getting darker and darker. And I look up and, and my headlight does this this across. Remember, we've got the, the campsite and it goes steep up and into the forest. And I sweep my, my headlamp this way, just doing this, the sweep look. And all of a sudden, bing, two eyes. And I go back. Two eyes. Two eyes just, just locked on staring. You could not see anything other than the two eyes. And so, so very calm at this point. I say, boys, Come back here now. And they stop splashing and playing. They hear that there's something just a little bit different in my tone. I'm not freaking out. I'm not doing anything like that. It's just this, this calm voice. Come back here now. So they, they wander over. Now, the week before, we had been in Chilliwack at a campsite there, and there was a raccoon around our, our campsite, and, and the boys had chased it and treated it, chased it up a tree and treated it that way. And so uh, Judah walks up and he says, Dad, what is it? Is, is it a cancuna? That's what he called raccoons back then. Pretty cute, right? Cancuna. And so he drops on all fours and he, and he pounces down just sort of the way that he had treated the raccoon. The second that Judah dropped down on all fours and went like this, I look up and see this cougar, this mountain lion, and it tracks down that steep bank. Now, for me to get up there, I'd be scrambling up on all fours, kind of leaning, pulling stuff to get up. It, it scales down. It's almost as smooth as a snake, and it makes right down to the edge of the campsite right there. And so we're, we're looking, and I get them behind me, and I say to them really clearly, I say, Boys, go to the tent right now. Get in the tent. Malachi, bring me the bear mace. 
Amazing listening. Amazing. I, I mean, when we think of, of our need to be attentive to our Heavenly Father when he gives us instructions, especially in times of danger and uncertainty, we need to listen like that. So, so amazing. Uh, and, and so they go to the tent. Malachi brings me the bear mace. He gets back in there, and I'm, I'm staring this. I'm, I'm staring this cougar down. Now, I, I had had dreams when I was doing all my outdoor stuff earlier of what it would be like to fight a cougar. It's different when you think about fighting a cougar on your own and you're just fighting it as opposed to now you're actually in a mode of protection. And so I'm going, there's, there's no way. First of all, there's no way that that cougar is going to touch my kids. There's no way. And so the cougar doesn't move. It's just sitting there. It's waiting. It's seeing that the kids are little, little Eli dumplings and Judah dumplings and Malachi dumplings. And, and it, we know what it wants. So I pop the cap of the bear, the bear mace. I spray it. And it goes, guess what? The bear mace was expired. It did not do anything other than settle around the campsite. It was laughable. The cougar did nothing other than take a few steps closer. And so what I do is I pick up my paddle for the canoe, and I'm ready to take this thing on. Remember, the shepherd has a rod and staff. My staff, or my rod, was this paddle, and I was ready to go. And, and I hear in the, the, the tent, and I, I don't remember which one it was. You'll have to ask them. We need to pray. You guys, we need to pray. So the boys start praying. I'm praying with them. I'm saying, there's no way you're going to get my, my kids. I grab a bunch more wood. I throw it on the fire. All of a sudden the fire gets bigger. I step towards the cougar. Boom. Off he goes. And I see it for a little bit, just up in the trees. Every now and again, I get a glimpse. And there was something that, that, that struck me in that moment. And it was, I, we, we are not going to let this cougar take away our joy, our fun, our experience. We are not going to be afraid. And so I say to the boys, boys, we got it. The cougar's gone. Come on out here. And so we hadn't done our, our marshmallow roast yet. So we get the marshmallows roast out together and, and we take it. And, and one of the boys pops one in their mouth and the other picks it up and then starts to do something. And all of a sudden they say, dad, dad, my mouth is burning. My eyes are burning. Remember the bear mace that settled on the camp, not the cougar. All of a sudden, their face. So, boys, around me now, down to the water. We get to the water. We, we clean everything out. We rinse everything out. We sort everything out. We get everything settled. We finish our night. And, and I still, we still look back at that, that moment as an amazing moment, as, as a gift of a moment, as a, a moment where we're able to face real, real imminent danger. And see, church, this is, this is what this psalm is about. It's about taking up your cry, about understanding that we have the good shepherd that surrounds us, that we can face into difficult situations, and we are going to be okay. We are going to be okay. See, all of 1 to 3, Psalm 1 to 3, is about, it's happening in the context of the, the valley of the shadow of death. There's, there's this valley around, and still, the Lord is my shepherd. He's leading me. 
He's moving me into these places, into these, these meadows where I can stop and rest. He's leading me beside quiet waters where I can get the water that I need. But, but I know that there is a, a valley. I know there is a valley. And then David arrives at this line and he says, I will fear no evil because you are with me. I will fear no evil because you are with me. See, my boys could be present and they could operate and do that because their dad was there and he had control of the situation. He was taking care of it. That's the same for you and me. I will fear no evil for you are with me. Now remember, Essentially, we have two underlying emotions. We have two underlying places where all of our emotion comes out of. The first one is love, and and that's beautiful, and that's good. And the second one is fear. I think often we confuse that. We'll put a fear up here, and then we'll throw in all the other anger, malice, all those, those different things, and, and give them an equivalent, when reality is, is they, they're coming out of fear, fear of something. Now remember, Galatians 5 tells us what all the fruits of the Spirit are, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, all those things are coming out of love. And the other thing that we need to be aware of is that when we choose Jesus, we have all of those things within us. All of those fruits are there. All of them are ready to, to move out to the branches, to, to ripen, to be ready to share. Now, in that same passage, it talks about all the, the opposite, all the opposite fruits. And I just want to read them really quickly. Galatians 5 says, The acts of the flesh. Right? All, all of, so so the, 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 the fruits of the Spirit come out of God's Spirit that makes us new. The, the acts of the flesh are, are that place that's unredeemed. Right? And so you've got sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. There are more. And we need to understand that, that when we have Jesus, we get to choose. Well, well every, actually, everybody gets to choose. And you choose to, to submit and surrender to God, and, to, and, and then you choose to live from that place of the Spirit, or you, you choose to, to be a slave to your own flesh. The challenge is when, when we, as followers of Jesus, keep choosing back Keep choosing back towards those fleshly desires. And all of those come from a place of fear. So do you remember last week I asked this question? I I, I said, what is it that you are afraid of? And then I gave you a chance to share what it was you're afraid of with those who are around you. 
And interestingly, the, for, for my discussion with my friend, that was where we landed. And I was able to share, hey, this is, this is one of the things that I'm afraid of. And, and likewise, he shared the, the same thing. Again, what a gift it is to be able to, to be a church where, uh, where we are known. That's so important. But what I did was this, this week, and actually building into the message just a little bit last week, but then throughout this week, I started to practice that. And so when I would feel some kind of emotion that I would know and understand, okay, this is actually not a good emotion. This is an emotion that is, that is from some, something else, somewhere else. I would pause and I would say, I would say, God, okay, what, what is that that I'm feeling? Why? So all of a sudden I'd be frustrated about something. What is it that I'm feeling? Okay, so I'm feeling frustrated. Okay, God, what, what am, why am I frustrated? And then I would come to, okay, what am I afraid of? God, what, what am I afraid of? And each time, with whatever the emotion was, frustration, uh, it would come down to, to being afraid of being misunderstood, being afraid of, of uh, what somebody thought, being afraid of, and on and on and on. See, David says, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Okay, so, so we've got this first piece of, of fear. We're understanding that fear is the baseline for where all the negative things come out of, all this anger, discord, all those things, right? It's, it's fear, misplaced sexuality. Any, all those things are coming out of a, pr- a place of fear, and it's, it's possible, it's possible that you hit last week and you went, well, I'm actually not afraid of anything. Okay, so the next question I would ask you, if that, if that was you, is if you're not afraid of anything, where, where are places in your life where you'll feel a rise of any of those other emotions? Frustration, anger, discord, gossip, any of those things. Whatever it is, and, and listen, Every single one of us needs to grow. Every single one of us needs to shift where, where we're rebuking, sending out any of the, the old flesh stuff and we're living fully in the fruits of the Spirit. Right? So David says, I'll fear no evil for you are with me. What's evil? We know from Ephesians 2 that evil comes from three places. Right? Evil comes from the enemy, the devil. He's essentially the father of evil. Second place is from the world, the ways of the world. The world in, in all of its different structures, when it's not redeemed, is a place that has at its base um, self-seeking, corruption, right? And, and so you've got the, the, the enemy, and you've got the world, and you've got your flesh, And all of the motives around the flesh really are around seeking to either preserve yourself or to benefit yourself or to move yourself forward. And I believe that this is one of the areas that's so important for us to understand that we get to make a choice. We get to choose whether to give in to our flesh 
or whether to resist our flesh and to press in to the life and the fullness that we have in Jesus. What I want to invite us to do this week is to do something similar to, to asking ourselves those questions, okay? And here's the idea that, that came to me. A few weeks ago, somehow, uh, and we think it's because a door was left open in our house, somehow this, this little mouse made its way into our house. And for two or three nights, this mouse pretty much single-handedly, we believe, wreaked havoc. It chewed holes into bananas. It, it found food that we didn't know where there was food. It left droppings everywhere. I would, I would look at, at these places it could get to. I would look at a windowsill and go, how, how in the world did a, is there mouse droppings on the windowsill? And, and it, you know what? They would, it would crawl up the curtains and run along the sill at, so, so first of all, pretty amazing what it can do. Second of all, awful, disgusting. Who wants, who wants a mouse in their house? So we, we ended up going, we had a couple of options for uh, traps, and we used all of them. We had a live trap setting where it would go through and... And it would, uh, it would put the mouse into a spot. We had these sticky traps, which here, it actually got on the sticky trap the first night and managed to chew its way off the sticky trap. Unreal. And then we went with the tried and true, tested the one where you pull the little lever back and then it does the... Now, we got the mouse... And uh, it was the final, the original, the classic one. If that is upsetting to you, I'm so sorry. I love God's creature. I marvel at what it was doing. It wasn't welcome in our house. Now, here's, here's the analogy that, that I want you to think of, okay? 1 John 4, 18, there's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, okay? That's the NIV version. The New King James says perfect love casts out out fear. So if we understand that Jesus is calling us to live fearlessly, and if we understand that, that all of our negative emotions, responses come out of a place of fear, a fear for any number of different reasons, really what we have the opportunity to do then is to drive this fear. So what I want you to think of Okay, is, is that in, in your emotion place, you have a mousetrap. As soon as an, a negative emotion comes up, I want you to allow the trap to close on the emotion. Right? And, th and then I want you to hold the emotion before the Holy Spirit, and I want you to ask him and say, say God, what, what is this? Let him tell you what it is. He'll tell you. And what am I afraid of? And, and then just, just wait. Just listen. Because the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. And he'll show you what it is. Okay? Now, now here's, here's the, the important piece. Okay? Perfect love drives out fear. Perfect love casts out fear. So, so you've caught the emotion... What you don't want to do is open it back up and let it out into your house, right? 
That would be ridiculous. What you want to do is let perfect love that is God drive that emotion out. And every time it comes back, you catch it and you hold it before the Lord, ask him what it is, and you let him drive it out of your house. This has potential. So, so if we do this, this has potential to, to take the power out of fear. Now remember, we've got three places it's coming from. The enemy, the world, our flesh. The enemy, the world, our flesh. And, and what, what it doesn't really matter is where it's coming from. Okay, so God will tell you if that's important, you need to deal with something. And, and you can deal with it. But what's really important is that your eyes are on the Father. Perfect love drives out all fear. See, Psalm 23 goes on and says, your, your rod and your staff... They comfort me. And a rod and a staff are for discipline. They're for protection and they're for guidance. And what David is saying is, is the source of those things is comfort to me. And then he arrives at this place. He says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. See, God with us, God creator God, God the maker of heaven and earth prepares a table for us. See, this is, this is David. This is David well before he saw Jesus wash his disciples' feet. This is David well before he saw and experienced Jesus saying, this bread is my body broken for you. This cup is the new covenant. He saw and heard God speak this to him well before he understood that Jesus, the son of God, would come live on earth, a perfect life, minister, speak, bring the kingdom, bring healing everywhere. He would proclaim and, and then he would demonstrate the authority that he carried and the love of the Father. And see, church, this is so key that we understand this. We have a, a God who loves us so much that in the midst of the world around us, in the midst, in a broad sense, in the midst of this pandemic, in the midst of, of perhaps there's, there's individual strife challenges that you're facing, we have a God who's got us. We have a God who goes before us. We have a God who guides us into these places. And, and the way that we access and live fearlessly, the way that we, that we move in this, is by saying, Jesus, I love you and I need you. We're made new, and then we continue to push the fleshly desires away because perfect love, the perfect love of the Father, drives those fears out. And the finish is this 
Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You're going to move through these challenging times. The goodness of God will follow you. And when we make that choice and we choose Jesus, that's the promise. It's not just a promise for now. It's a promise for forever. It's a promise that even though you're going through tough times, challenging times, brutal times, God has you. And that after you move through those, goodness follows and that you will dwell in his house forever. Church, I want to bless you this week with this understanding. I want to challenge you. I want to push you to move away from choosing your flesh. See, see the flesh is a place of immaturity. It's a place that, that when we choose Jesus, we're called out of. When we go back to it, we're living in, in this place of, of, of childishness. And Jesus is calling us to step up, to move from being a child, and to step into the warrior armor that we have in him. And so as you move in this week, church, I I bless you. I bless you with that fullness. And I want want you to take that idea of, of the trap. The second that you have the negative emotion, I want you to let the trap close, okay? And then you ask God. You say, God, what is this and what am I afraid of? So let me pray for you, church. And then we're going to move into ministry time. And so, Father, we thank you. We thank you that you are present here. We thank you that you love us, Lord, that you have made a way for us. And so we surrender ourselves to you. We worship you, Lord. And we take up this this call, this warrior cry, that for us to live is Christ, to die is gain. There's nothing for us to be afraid of. We can live fearlessly. Lord, I pray that you would speak so clearly into all of our hearts and minds that you would give us understanding, understanding that we haven't had before, understanding that that when we have these, these longings, desires, actions of the flesh, that they're from fear and that you've called us to live fearlessly. So speak, Lord, speak into us. Speak into our hearts. Show us. Show us where to go and show us, Lord, how to get there. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Church, I want to bless you. Have an amazing week. Uh, we're going to move into ministry time. Now, sometimes we hit these things and we go, I, I have these negative emotions. I have no idea what you're talking about as it relates to fear. I don't even know what's going on. We want to pray with you. We want to pray with you. The pray button, kick, click on the pray button. And that can even be just an initial conversation. And then you could possibly exchange a phone number and have a phone call. Or you can arrange to meet with one of our prayer partners later this week. But don't leave here without prayer time. The other thing is, church, I want to encourage you to keep on giving. We are doing amazingly. You have done amazingly in your obedience and your generosity. Let's keep pushing in. We're coming into the last months of our, our fiscal year, and uh, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for being part of us. Let's keep going together. Have an amazing week.